Uh, KC, are you there? I am here. Yay! Hey, KC. Hi, GE. How you doing? I'm doing okay. So today we're doing some more Bible learning. We are. Yeah, and I've got a lot of notes. Oh, great. <laughs> you sound ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know how GE gets these notes, you can either become a member on YouTube for five bucks a month or go over to Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get the pre-show meeting that we have where we go through what we're going to talk about on the show. We also talk about current events, stuff like that. Right. And we're calling it the Skeptic Mafia. So we, we won't be, you know, so much designating Patreon member or whatnot. Um, it, it, you know, to become part of the skeptic mafia, either become a member or, you know, uh, pledge on Patreon, either one of those, uh, will get you access. Albeit, you know, being a, uh, doing the join link here on YouTube will get you more things than Patreon, but you know, you, you, you do you. So we're doing judges eight and nine today. Woo yeah. So, uh, first off. Gideon and his 300 men are chasing the Midianites like dogs, you know, because they lapped up the water like they were dogs. Um, and then they went to the city of Succothidicketh, <laughs> and they were hungry for dick, okay? They were craving it. Uh, the people in Succothidicketh uh, were mocking them for having the decapitated heads of the Midianite kings. And I don't know who the fuck would mock a guy standing there with a severed head. Hands. Oh, hands? Yeah. Heads, hands. It's 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 all f fucking fake shit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, but, you know, then uh, Gideon threatens to kill him uh, with a promise of coming back to, to pay in on that. Um, and, and then he repeats that for another town, Anal. Um, I'm, I, I, didn't, I don't remember the town name. I'm just guessing it was anal since it was Succothy Dickith earlier. It wasn't. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they kill the rest of the kings and then come back and punish the two cities that were like, fuck you. And they were apparently holding de decapitated hands or severed hands of kings or something. I don't know. St even if it wasn't a heads and it was just hands, if you got some guy that's wearing a hand necklace, you don't fucking make fun of him and say, no, I'm not going to help you, bro. It's, they didn't do that either. Uh, I don't care what you say. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, then Gideon refuses to become the king because, of course, God needs all the praise and shit. But Gideon becomes an ephod, which is kind of like a eunuch, in what? which the Israelites then worshipped his severed penis. No, that's not at Today all. Today I no. learned. The, no, please don't repeat and that to anybody the because Gide it's just not true. <laughs> then Gideon dies, of course, and uh, Gideon had a pimp-like life. Uh, he had hoes and bitches and different area codes and everything. <laughs> He did. That's true. <laughs> uh, Israel fucks up again, and they start worshiping idols and shit. Then Abimelech comes in. He's the bastard son of Gideon. And uh, Abby, Abby grows a pretty big dick, um, you know, amongst his 69 brethren, <laughs> the magical number. Um, which, interestingly enough, I didn't do the math earlier, but that makes it 70. 70 children, which is a magical number as well. Anyways, so um, Abby and his big dick decides to kill 68 of his brothers. One of them escapes and curses Abby's dick with the fire pee. Um, and then uh, apparently there was a city called Gale? Or no, a guy named Gale revolted. Yes. Yeah. 
and the then then Abby swings his big dick around inside there and fucks mm-hmm. him up, and uh, fucked up the city that supported Gale and his revolt. Um, and then the the people of that town and that was destroyed by the big dick Abby, um, they fled to a tower. Now Abby goes to piss on the tower with his fire dick, but then he gets killed in a most unusual way. And we're gonna save that for the end. Okay. And that was all true, legit, and historical. Mm-hmm. I mean, so no. But <laughs> no. What's up, heathens? How, how y'all, y'all doing? doing? Hey, Casey, how you doing? Hi, G. I'm so, good. Yeah, so I guess I didn't do so well on the whole intro thing. Well, so you said a couple of things, right? Ooh, um, my the, accuracy is improving. The one son who got away did, in fact, curse Abimelech and, and the Israelites. And um, Gail revolted. <laughs> <laughs> so so he cursed his dick, right? No. Oh. Okay, well, we're going to figure out how we get there. Why don't you go ahead and start it? <laughs> we are not going to get anywhere you went. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I went someplace more interesting than what this actually is. Well, that might very well be true if you're really super interested in dick. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to be talking about Judges chapters 8 and 9. And if you remember last week, we started the story of Gideon, right? And Mm -hmm. his son. Uh, We didn't get to his son last week because it's split up into two pieces. Um, Gideon is a judge who is uh, called by God to save Israel. If you remember, he is um, the runt of one of the tribe of Manasseh. Um, of the least of the families, he is the least, and God made him a judge. So basically, he's the nerdy runt kid in the <laughs> class that you don't think is become gonna become a supermodel, but then he just becomes a warlord and fucking kills a lot of people. Yeah. So um, Gideon is charged by God uh, with saving the Israelites from the Midianites. Okay. Okay. So we ended last week um, with killing some of the the kings of the Midianites. And so if you don't remember, the 300 men that Gideon has with him are actually a very small part of a much larger army that God told Gideon to send home because he wanted the glory and he didn't want anybody to think that it was the Israelites who did it and they didn't need God to do it. Right. So he takes a company of what was it like 22,000 or no, it was more than that. It was 30 some odd thousand. It was 32,000. And then because he was 22 went home and left 10 and out of the 10,000, they went and did the water drinking test. And the ones who lapped like dogs were 300. And those are the 300 that Gideon took to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Also known as the Israelite Spartans. They, I mean, That's that, that not, was their mascot, the Spartans. It, it was not. No, don't you, don't you know the, Spart like the Spartan three hundred that held back the Persians. Yes. Uh, okay, I was making an illusion, but whatever. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, 
Now, Gideon and his 300 men, they're, they're exhausted, right, from trying to pursue the remainder of the Midianites and the other kings. Uh, Zeba and Zalmana is who they're, they're chasing after um, because they want to make sure to get all of them. Right. And uh, just to give you a bit of a serious, like, <laughs> sorry, serious break here. Uh, <laughs> so on Christian, like, commentaries and everything like this, this is a teaching point for, uh, you know, saying that, you know, you will never get tired, you know, with God, but you will get exhausted or tired doing the work of God. So like they, they turn the whole, you know, you, you know, you don't need rest or strength or something like that as mm -hmm. like strength of faith, not strength of body. Yeah. And so this is one of the instances that they used to teach people that you have unlimited strength in your faith for God right. and whatnot, but not in like strength as far as like physical strength. Yeah. So Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it. He said to the men of Succoth, that's the city that they, <laughs> yes, we know you love <laughs> I love the Succoth. A, a, yes, we know. Okay, so he said to, that's the city that they came to. Um, Give my troops some bread. They are worn out and I'm still per pursuing Zeba and Zalmana, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth said, do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmana? In your possession, why should we give bread to your troops? Then Gideon replied, just for that, when the Lord has given Zeba and Zel Zalmana into my hand, I will tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. Hey, isn't that what they did to Jesus? Yes. Ah, illusions galore. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I guess technically the New Testament is alluding to this. Yes, they tore his flesh with a... Um, a cat crown of, nine of thorns. Tails. Well, they did the crown of thorns thing, mm -hmm. but they also used cat of nine tails to tear at the flesh and everything like yeah. that. That was well. This was desert thorns. Well, so yeah, this was well, yeah, different. Um, but from there, he went up to Peniel and made the same request to them. Uh, they answered as the men of Succoth had. So he said to the men of Peniel, "When I return in triumph, I will tear down this tower." Um, now, Zeba and Zalmana were in Karkor with a force of about 15,000 men. OK, and that's all that were left of the armies of the eastern peoples. All right. And this was who went up against the 300. OK, the 15,000 were left. You want to know how many they actually had killed to this point? How many? 120,000 swordsmen had fallen. So that means each of the 300 had to kill 400 men. All by themselves. God damn. That is one like fucking war story right there. Can you imagine like some old fuck that was part of Gideon's like like army? And he was like, there it was me versus 400 of those fucks. And I got to <laughs> tell you, I shoved my knife all the way through their assholes. And, you know. That's just uh, I can just I can just see it now. Yeah, I think it's crazy. This is it's completely unreasonable to believe that one to four hundred that they were that each and every single one of them made it, and they did. Not a single one of them fell. Nope. But hey, you know you know who the story uh, doesn't hurt. Who? Any of the people they supposedly killed because none of this happened. Well, accurate. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so Gideon went up by the route of the nomads east of Nobda and Jogben- Jogbeha and fell upon the unsuspecting army. What the fuck is it with the Bible and so many sexual innuendos? I don't know. Not, I mean, you got Nob there and then you had Sucketh earlier. How do you expect me not to go to Sucketh thy Nob or, or something like that? I, I don't know. You're completely justified in all of your penis jokes, honey. (laughs) I'm expecting Urfus flat suck my balls to be next in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Zeba and Zalmana, the two kings of Midian, Midian fled, but he pursued them and captured them, routing their entire army. So the rest of them are all dead now. The 300 killed the 15,000. All right. You know, he probably stabbed him with that big dick he has. They're not done killing, though. You ready? Uh Uh-oh. Gideon, son of Joash, then returned from the battle by the pass of Heres. He caught a young man of Succoth and questioned him, and the young man wrote down for him the names of the 77 officials of Succoth, the elders of the town, the ones who... I know. 77. Yeah, there were 77 of them. And this guy, this young man stopped and wrote down all 77 names for this stranger that he doesn't know Gideon. All right. <laughs> I can just imagine him just right there leaning on a wall. Like, Hey, what's your name, buddy? Oh, okay. What are you writing about, down my name for? Oh, nothing important. Just taking names. <laughs> yeah. So he gave him 77 names and, um, then Gideon came to the men of Succoth and he said, here are Zeb- Zeba and Zalmana about whom you taunted me by saying, do you already have the hands in your possession? Why should we give bread to your exhausted men? He took the elders of the town and taught the men of Succoth a lesson by punishing them with desert thorns and briars. He also pulled down the tower of Peniel, Peniel and killed the men of the town. Okay, so he killed all the men in that town, too. Well, yeah, you start whipping my ass with briars, I'm sure I'm going to die. That's the other town. Oh. The briars was the, the 77 elders. Okay. And then the other town is where he took the tower down and killed all the men. Oh. Okay. Okay. Then he asked uh, Zeba and Zalmana, what kind of men did you kill at Tabor? Men like you, they answered, each one with the bearing of a prince. Gideon replied... Those were my brothers, the sons of my own mother. Okay. And as surely as the Lord lives, if you have spared their, if you had spared their lives, I would not kill you. Turning to Jether, his eldest son, he said, kill them. But Jether did not draw his sword because he was only a boy and was afraid. Zeba and Zalmana said, come, do it yourself. As is the man, so is his strength. So Gideon stepped forward and killed them and took the ornaments off their camels' necks. The Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us, you, your son and your grandson, because you have saved us out of the hand of Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so as... As he said, 
Uh, I do I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom that the Ishmaelites wear gold earrings, okay? So he wanted an earring. Um, they answered, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each man threw a ring from his plunder into it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to seven. Uh, 1700 shekels not counting the ornaments the pendants and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian or the chains that were on their camel's necks Gideon made the gold into an ephod which he placed sorry an ephod which he placed in Ophrah his town all the is all of Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. So wait, what is the ephod again? Well, so an ephod is supposedly a priestly garment, but it seems like he made something like, like a statue, idol. yeah, some kind of statue or idol uh, of gold. Oh, you mean like a golden cow? Yeah, but it's not a cow. But well, sure. no, I, I well, no, I'm I'm talking like okay. So I feel like this is an allusion back to Moses when he yeah. comes down off the mountain. And they had yeah, he'd been up there for forty days, and they right. had a they had a um, golden calf. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, ideally, uh, and I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's going to like rule for forty years or something like that. Who? Uh, Gideon? No, he, Gideon does not rule. Gideon oh. is not the king. No, 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 not rule, but like he keeps them like quiet or at, appeased or it, whatnot. At for peace. Four, yeah, yeah, we're just not there years. yet. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, there's the, um, the 40 days on the mountain with Moses and they're worshiping idols and everything like this. And it's kind of like a, um, sort of a mirror situation, I would say going on here. Well, yeah. And this is not the first time that they've had 40 years of peace. Well, like within in the it just in judges. Well, no, no, no. I, I know yeah, this, I know, it continues to repeat. Well, it it, it does, but I'm just meaning that the, the worshiping of the idol, like a for like an actual golden forged yeah. idol, kind of make it, it reminds me of the Moses story. Yeah, they, this they've done this repeatedly. The golden yeah. idols. This is this is a very common thing the Israelites have done. They failed a lot. Okay, um, so thus Midian was subdued for the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During during Gideon's lifetime, the land enjoyed peace for 40 years. Um, Jerob Baal, which I don't know, it, it, the book goes back and forth a lot. So just keep this in mind. Jerob Baal and Gideon are the same person. Jerob Baal is another name for Gideon. Okay. Okay. So, do you want me to switch back and forth like the book does, or do you want me to just call him Gideon every time? Just call him Gideon. Okay. I mean, I don't, so I'll I don't just see the need to. I'll just try you. to replace it. Well, I, I mean, it's I just have to remember to replace it every time it's in here. So, okay. um, Gideon's son of Joash went back home to live. He had seventy sons of his own, and had for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Uh, Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father, Joash, in Ophrah um, of the Abiezrites. Abiezrites. Right. Uh, And actually, this is the point where um, many Christian pastors and and teachers and whatnot will point out how the Old Testament doesn't exactly shit on polygamy, but everything that happens around polygamy is usually bad. And we'll see we'll see why it's considered bad in this situation. Well, the polygamy wasn't considered bad. There was nothing wrong with it. No, 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 but well, no, no, no. It's the the like the fruits of polygamy 
are oh. bad, and that oh. makes polygamy bad. That, that's I'm just saying that's how they teach it. Okay. Well, so if if you listen to last week's episode, um, we mentioned how Abimelech has been a name in the Bible before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through and I pulled the Abimelechs in the Bible. There are five including um, Gideon's son. Okay. But the first one we see is a Philistine king during Abraham's time. And if you remember, Abraham and Sarah um, went into Egypt and they came across a king, Abimelech. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, Abraham told Sarah to tell the king Abimelech that they were brother and sister Mm -hmm. um, so that he wouldn't kill Abraham to take Sarah as his wife because she was very beautiful. Right. So that was in Genesis chapter 20 in Genesis chapter 26. This exact story repeats with another king Abimelech, who is is supposedly the original king Abimelech's son um, named after his father um, with Isaac and Rebekah. And Isaac was Abraham's. Right. Right. So this happened. Father, son, father, son. Same exact story. The wife and the husband claim to be siblings instead to protect. Oh, isn't that the one where God like sews up the crotch of every woman? Yes. That's, that was Rebecca and Isaac. Right. Yeah. Um, the third Abimelech in the Bible is... Uh, the son of Gideon, which we have right here in Judges. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth Abimelech will come. It, he's a high priest in the time of David. And we'll hear about that during uh, Chronicles and uh, Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fifth Abimelech is another king that we will hear about in Psalms. Okay. All right. Um, so here we go. Abimelech. Gideon uh, oh, good old age. We already did that. Okay. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the ball, to the bales. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they prostituted themselves to the balls, honey. I know. They I, get, d- they, I almost did it. I they get down it. prone, stick that ass up there. It's like, shove them balls up my ass. Ba- bales. Whatever. Okay. They set up Baal Barith as their God and did not remember the Lord, their God, who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show the kindness to the family of Gideon for all the good things he had done for them. Abimelech, Gideon's son, uh, went to his mother's brothers in Shechem and said to them and to all his mother's clan, ask all the citizens of Shechem, which is better for you to have all 70 of Gideon's sons rule over you or just one man? Remember, I am your flesh and blood. And he had to remind them, of course, because he's the bastard son, right? Right. Uh, When the brothers repeated all this to the citizens of Shechem, they were inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, he is our brother. They gave him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal Barith, and Abimelech used it to hire uh, reckless adventurers who became his followers. Abimelech uh, went to his father's home in Afra, and on one stone, he murdered his 70 brothers. Uh, Well, he didn't exactly murder all of them, right? Right. Um, The sons of Gideon. But Jotham, the youngest son, 
escaped by hiding. Then all the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo gathered bes- beside the great tree at the pillar of Shechem to crown Abimelech king. Yeah, wait a second. So the, the Bible there says that he kills all 70 of the sons? Yeah. Well, I mean, that would... In, that would So 69 of them include Jerry. Jotham. Joel. Jotham. Josh. Jotham. Jotham. Mm-hmm. 69 includes Jotham. And then 70 would be Abimelech himself. Well, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little loosey-goosey with the numbers here because supposedly... <laughs> the Bible's loosey-goosey with fucking everything. What are you talking about? Well, because from the be- from the beginning of when they tell us first how many sons Gideon had, Gideon had 70 sons. Right. And that included the bastard child from the concubine. Right. All right. Well, so then... By the way, that's a lot of fucking... Yeah. And, well, he had a lot of wives. So then it says later... On one stone, he murdered his 70 brothers. So then he murdered 70 people. But if he had 70, if there were 70 kids, it would be 69 well, that no. he actually killed. But then one got away. So 68, he would have killed. Well, right. But if, if he could also, I mean, if he killed 70 of them, that would be all 69 of his brothers plus capping himself in the head. Well, yeah. And one got <laughs> and one got away. Yeah. It's, it's, so the numbers don't exactly add up, which is shocking. I know. Right. Anyways, go okay. ahead. So when Jotham was told about all of his brothers being killed, he climbed up to the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted to them, listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves. They said to the olive tree, be our king. But the olive tree answered, should I give up my oil by which both gods and men are honored to hold sway over the trees? The next tree said, the next the tree said to the fig tree, come and be our king. But the fig tree replied, should I give up my fruit so good and sweet to hold sway over the trees? Then the trees said to the vine, come and be our king. But the vine answered, should I give up my wine, which cheers both gods and men to hold sway over the trees? Finally, all of the trees said to the thorn bush, come and be our king. The thorn bush said to the trees, if you really want to anoint me king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, then let fire come out of the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Lebanon, technically. So. It's kind of it's kind of interesting because like all of those all of those things that would be king mm-hmm. like are pretty prominent in the Jesus story. Yeah. Like there's the grapes, wine, mm-hmm. then you get the olive tree, which the is what they asked for. And the branches, the olive branch. Mm-hmm. The olive branch that in in uh later on we'll see how there's an allusion to the branch, mm-hmm. which is uh thought by Christians, of course, to be referencing Jesus or the Messiah rather. Yeah. So it's kinda interesting. Yeah. Okay, so he continues. Now, if you have acted honorably and in good faith when you made Abimelech king, and if you have been fair to Gideon and his family, and if you have treated him as he deserves, and to think that my father fought for you, risked his life to rescue you from the hand of Midian, but today you have revolted against my father's family, murdered his 70 sons on a single stone, and made Abimelech the son of his slave girl, king over the citizens of Shechem because he is your brother. Then you have done, then you have acted honorably and in good faith toward Gideon and his family today. May Abimelech be your joy. 
and may you be his too. But if you have not, let fire come out from Abimelech and consume you, citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo. And let fire come out from you, citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo, and consume Abimelech. See, what did I tell you? His fire dick. It's... It's consuming him. I mean, come on. He fucked the wrong girl. No, his daddy fucked the wrong girl. No, obviously his daddy fucked every girl. Well, that's accurate. (laughs) So after he did this, after he like said this on the top of the mountain, Jotham fled escaping to beer and he lived there because he was afraid of his brother. Fuck, I'd live in beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'll be i'll be like that one guy on the one today i learned where i got a house um i forget uh boar mm-hmm. i want to say neil boar mm-hmm. he he won the nobel prize and uh, for that he got a house right next to a brewery and had a direct pipeline of beer nice he died in that house did he <laughs> I would I would not leave. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I got all the shit I need right here. <laughs> okay, so after Abimelech had governed Israel for three years, God sent an evil spirit to, between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem, who acted treacherously against Abimelech. So God put evil between Abimelech and the people. Oh, wait a second. So you mean God created some kind of evil force in the world yeah i wonder if it was satan i wonder if (laughs) satan was the evil spirit maybe he just rubbed the holy spirit the wrong way and turned it evil (laughs) for a second god did this in order that the crime against gideon's 70 sons the shedding of their blood might be avenged on their brother abimelech and on the citizens of shechem who had helped him murder his brothers in opposition to him the citizens of shechem set men to the hilltops to ambush and rob everyone who passed by and this was reported to abimelech oh and then abimelech's dick was not impressed (laughs) Now, Gael, son of Ebed, moved with his brothers into Shechem, and its citizens put their confidence in him. After they had gone out to the fields and gathered the grapes and trodden them, they had a festival in the temple of their god. While they were eating and drinking, they cursed Abimelech. Then Gael, son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem, that we should be subject to him? Isn't he Gideon's son, and isn't Zebel his deputy? Serve the men of Hamor, Shechem's father. Why would we serve Abimelech? If only these people were under my command, then I would get rid of him. I would say, Abimelech, call out your whole army. Okay, so... Zebul, the governor of the city, heard what Gael, son of Ebed, said... And, uh, hold on, sorry. And he was very angry. Undercover, he sent messengers to Abimelech saying, Gael, son of Ebed and his brothers have come to Shechem and are stirring up the city against you. Now then, during the night, you and your men should come and lie and wait in the fields. In the morning, at sunrise, advance against the city. When Gael and his men come out against you, do whatever your hand finds to do. So Abimelech and all of his troops set out by night and took up concealed positions near Shechem in four companies. Gael, son of Ebed, had gone out and was standing at the entrance to the city gate, just as Abimelech and his soldiers came out from their hiding place. When Gael saw them, he said to Zebul, Look, people are coming down from the tops of the mountains. Zebul replied, 
You mistake the shadows of the mountains for men. But Gail spoke up again. Look, people are coming down from the center of the land, and a company is coming from the directions of the soothsayer's tree. Then Zebul said to him, Where's your big talk now? You who said, who is Abimelech, that we should be subject to him? Aren't these the men you so ridiculed? Go out and fight them. So Gael led out the citizens of Shechem and fought Abimelech. Abimelech chased him, and many fell wounded in the flight, all the way to the entrance of the gate. Abimelech stayed in uh, Arumah, and Zebul drove Gael and his brothers out of Shechem. The next day, the people of Shechem went out to the fields, and this was reported to Abimelech. So he took his men, divided them into three companies, and set an ambush in the fields. When he saw the people coming out of the city, he rose to attack them. Abimelech and the companies rushed forward to a position at the entrance to the city gate. Then the two companies rushed upon those in the fields and struck them down. All that day, Abimelech pressed his attack against the city until he had captured it and killed its people. Then he destroyed the city and scattered salt over it. Damn. Yeah. Did you you get the feeling that he was kind of like that salty, like mean (laughs) guy? Like as the town is burning down and the blood soaks into the dirt, he's just like, y'all salty bitches. And like he just (laughs) sprinkled it. Yeah. He just sprinkles that salt everywhere. That was uh, the whole salt thing is basically to indicate that he's ruining the land. Nothing will grow there. It will be barren. Like, he's ruining it completely. You Mm -hmm. can't rebuild there. Um, Okay, so on hearing this, the citizens of the tower, uh, the citizens in the tower of Shechem went into the stronghold of the temple of Elbirith. When Abimelech heard that they had assembled in the tower, he and his men went up Mount Zalman. He took an axe and cut off some branches, which he lifted to his shoulders. He ordered the men with him, quick, do what you have seen me do. So all the men cut branches and followed Abimelech. They piled them against the stronghold, the, the tower, and set it on fire over the people inside. So all the people in the tower of Shechem, about a thousand men and women, also died. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, like men and women. Yeah, and I'm sure children. I'm sure there were children there too. Oh yeah, people didn't leave their kids. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the this was horrible. I don't. Well, of course, I mean, he is kind of a horrible leader in the first place. So I guess this is. Yeah, he's been terrible from the very beginning. Yeah, so. this is no surprise. Never mind. Yeah, I don't no, know he's why a hot mess. Yeah. He's a he's he's like he's like he was the bastard kid. So he's like you know, I hate to put it this way, but you know, like. I'm not going to say that because it's going to some people are going to be offended by it, but people who are like the runts or the outsiders or whatever are kind of, they have more to prove and generally they're meaner Mm. because they kind of have more to prove. So he feels like maybe he feels insecure about his, um, being Gideon's son since he's the bastard son. So he has to overcompensate. Well, I don't know. Maybe if his 69 other brothers, like, didn't, like, tease him all the fucking time, we well, wouldn't have, like, he, a little goddamn grown Chucky. He didn't. They didn't. He lived in a different city with his mom. Oh. Like, he didn't grow up with them. So he doesn't have an excuse. No. He's just no, He's just an asshole. <laughs> okay. Um, but, I mean, it was really important for him when he first came there to remind them mm-hmm. that he's their blood because his dad was Gideon, too. So, like, I don't know. It seems really important to him that he's that he says that a lot. So, like yeah, I said, well, I, I mean, think he's just overcompensating. Well, yeah, but also that's that's reading a little bit into it. Maybe <laughs> it's the Bible. I mean, none of this happened. No, I know. OK. 
<laughs> okay, so next Abimelech went to Thebes and besieged and captured it. Inside the city, however, was a strong tower um, to which all of the men and women and all the other people of the city, I don't know who the other children, I guess, yeah. all the people of the city fled. They locked themselves in and climbed up on the tower roof. Abimelech went to the tower and stormed it, but as he approached the entrance to the tower to set it on fire, a woman dropped an upper millstone on his head and cracked his skull. Mm. Yeah. Hurriedly, he called to his armor bearer, draw your sword and kill me so that they can't say a woman killed him. So his servant rammed him through and he died. <laughs> so can you imagine being so much of an incel that you're just like uh, a woman can't kill me you kill me now <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't he didn't want people to be like oh a girl killed him yeah he was a pussy yeah pretty much <laughs> i mean the guy is a complete asshat I mean, can you imagine it like later on the entire army's like, <laughs> and then you know what? The bitch, she dropped a giant stone, hit him on his head. And he was like, fuck that shit. I'm out. And had a guy kill him. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably couldn't do anything because he, he was having to hold his head together. He was like, I mean, maybe. Fucking kill me now. <laughs> I don't know, but he still got, he got killed by a servant. So, yeah. but it was his own and it was by his own order. So it I guess. This guy. Yeah, it was a guy. It wasn't a girl. He getting killed by a girl. Um, when the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they went home. Uh, obviously, they cared a whole bunch. Thus, God repaid the wickedness that Abimelech had done to his father by murdering his 70 brothers. God also made the men of Shechem pay for all their wickedness. The curse of Jotham, son of Gideon, came upon them. Oh, Wait, I thought the curse was for him to have, like, a fire dick. I thought that was the curse. No, th no. There is nothing in this story about fire dick. <laughs> I thought he cursed them with fire. He cursed them, yes, that they would be consumed by fire. Right, and he so, was consumed by misogyny, not no, fire. <laughs> no, 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 this is after that. Okay, so this is oh, after. Oh, sorry. And these are different people. Oh. Okay. So wait, but I mean, Jotham. God repaid the wickedness that Abimelech had done. God also made the men of Shechem pay for their wickedness. So the men of Shechem were consumed by, I, guess, I don't know if it was consumed by fire. I don't know how it worked. It just simply says that they paid for their wickedness. Everybody paid for their wickedness. Right. You know what it was? What? Fucking dragons. It probably wasn't dragons. I don't know. You ask Ken Ham, and he'd be like, they were consumed by fire. Dragon came through just. You know, the best part of the Creation Museum was the <laughs> dragon display. At the very entrance? At the very entrance. The dragon shit was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I'm sorry that I made that so hard on you today, Casey, <laughs> but I'm glad that you stuck with the facts of the Bible. The facts of what's in the Bible. Right, right. Right. Um, so next week, you want to talk about that? Yeah. What's going on next week? Next week, we are going to finish up Judges. Yay, Judges. And, yeah. And we're going to talk about six more Judges. Oh, wow. Six more Judges next week alone? I mean, the yeah. last two weeks was only about two Judges. Uh, yeah. Well, that's true. But, well, actually, like, last week and this week was one Judge. 
Oh, well, Abimelech's yeah. Abimelech's not sorry. a judge. It was just Gideon. Sorry, yeah. It, the one judge has been the past mm-hmm. two weeks, but then yeah. the one prior to that was just one judge. Yeah, but I mean, you remember back to the very first thing where we talked about three judges and one of the judges just had one verse. So yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like that. Um, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about those those judges, of course. Um one judge is going to lead, you know, the judges are going to lead for a while and then they're going to die. Then Israel is going to fuck up and they're going to need another one. And this is going to happen for a while. So we're going to finish out judges next week with that. And then the week after that, we're going to get into the book of Ruth. Yay. Book of Ruth. Yeah. I don't know what the book of Ruth is about, but we're going to find out. We are. All right, heathens. Well, um, if you want to get in on the pre-show, uh, you can join the Skeptic Mafia by either hitting that join link uh, button thing on the page there, or you can go to patreon.com, Godless Engineer, and you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month, and you can get these pre-shows. Yes. So. And if you haven't yet, by the time you listen to this and you're listening to it on November 6th, Go vote. Go out and vote. I don't care which side you vote for. I mean, I I'd prefer you, you vote for for the right one. But, <laughs> but but go vote. Go vote. Make be, your voice heard. Be informed on yes. who you're voting for. Don't just straight vote for a color. Be informed. I know that sounds like I'm I'm saying don't be a racist, but I'm saying blue <laughs> or red, I don't care as long as you're informed about your position. That's really all that I care about. Yes. Uh, I know me personally, I'll probably really be voting straight blue. There's no way I can vote for any of these Republican fucks out there. I'm nope. sorry. <laughs> Not a chance at all. Anyways, uh, I hope you heathens have a lovely day. I uh, hope you vote, and don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.